Hey guys, you're joining us for the latest episode of Geek Girl Meets, where we sit down with an awesome lady in tech to find out more about her career in order to teach you something new and hopefully inspire you with some words of wisdom. And today I'm joined uh, by an old colleague and a dear friend of mine, Ellie Hale, who is an associate for CAST, which is the Centre for Acceleration of Social Technology. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's always nice having a friend on the show because you're like, <laughs> we just chat like normal and then record it and hope that someone else finds it entertaining absolutely <laughs> fingers crossed exactly so Ellie you know I think first question is basically tell us what cast is and what does associates at cast do uh, so cast as you rightly said without getting tongue in a twist is yeah. the center for acceleration of social technology so what does that actually mean well um, the founders of cast realized that there was a bit of a gap in the market between uh, early stage tech for good ideas uh, and those that can achieve impact at scale um, so there's a load of great tech for good activity going on and by that I mean people using technology for social or environmental impact um, and a lot of great startups in the space a lot of great social enterprises few nonprofits um, but very few examples that have actually scaled in the way that a lot of the big sort of standard tech companies have. Um, so CAST is really about bridging that gap and trying to provide the resources, um, whether that's time, training, skills, uh, funding, uh, whatever is needed. It could be connections, it could be helping people collaborate across sectors, um, but whatever is required to bridge that gap and achieve more, greater impact um, of all of the wonderful different businesses that are doing awesome things out there already. Yeah. It's a very, very, very cool organisation. I know that since you guys launched, you've been very busy, which is exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, you've also raised some funding as We well. have, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we announced we had 1.12 million uh, raised from the Big Lottery Fund, uh, which is one of the biggest community funder organisations in the UK. Um, and it's really exciting, actually, because it's going to be funding what we're currently doing, um, which is a, an accelerator for non-profits, which takes uh, charities that are established already and have a network and a reach and a reputation through effectively a uh, design sprint process uh, over three months. So it's quite intensive and the charities learn everything from what is lean and what is agile to actually doing loads and loads of user research and user testing. Um, and then, yeah, we've been doing this with four established charities in the last few months. We're now going to be expanding it across the UK, which is hugely exciting. Um, and alongside that, we'll be creating a big learning resource so that all the charities we don't work with directly will be able to actually access some of the great learning that we've made along the way. And it'll be a collection of tools, templates, peer-to-peer -peer learning events, all sorts. So yeah. watch this space. There's going to be more from us on that front soon. <laughs> So this is one of the things that I absolutely love about you. You have this naturally enthusiastic <laughs> attitude to, it's particularly in, well, I was going to say particularly in this space, but it's not true. I've seen you like this about anything and everything. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's hugely addictive, which is great. So, you know, let's focus on the fact that you have this amazing energy and this enthusiasm for what you do, and you're very passionate about many, many things. But let's go all the way back. Little Ellie, uh, what did she want to be when she was growing up? I'm sure little Ellie was just as enthusiastic, probably about everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my main problem has been trying to narrow what it is I want to do, I think. But when I was very young, I have on record on video that I wanted to be an ice skater, which is definitely not what I'm doing now. I'm not quite sure what happened along the way there. I clearly just never did any ice skating training, which would have helped. But then I think throughout the course of 
my school career I got interested in a lot of science and especially physics, the big questions, and also on the other end of the scale, things like history and literature and people. And so I think the kind of intersection between a lot of science and a lot of people, so a lot more of the kind of soft um, disciplines and the kind of hard we want to find out how things work and we want to have a good process and a structure for investigating it, um, I think is a really, really great mix. And that's in many ways what Tech for Good is. It's kind of that cross of the impact of technology on people and society and how people are using tech to uh, sort of solve some of the world's biggest social challenges, uh, which is really, yeah, I think it kind of all s sort of ties into a lot of what I used to be interested in maybe, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not in quite a direct route. <laughs> so how do we get from there to cast? So I went via um, a course of doing PR uh, with yourself at um, Albion Drive, uh, was the place I was at before cast. I started out doing a bit of corporate PR once I'd uh, finished a year of travelling after uni. And I would massively recommend traveling if you get the opportunity, by the way, because it's so good for opening up your mind and just, yeah, throwing completely new experiences at you. Yeah. Um, but then I went into PR because it seemed like it covered a lot of things I was interested in. It, you could do research, which meant you could find out about all the awesome stuff out there in the world. You could then turn that into writing, which I also loved. Um, you could do events, which I love. I mean, any kind of event I planned ends up turning into a bit of a party, I think. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, that's, that's great. <laughs> and so I think it, it covered a lot of things that I was keen to explore. And I also wanted to get a sense of the business landscape, because I had never come from a background of business. Nobody in my immediate family is uh, particularly into business. Um, and also the media landscape, because again, that's so important for influencing people. And if you're looking at trying to further any ideals uh, or um, particular, yeah, any, any ideas that you have about the world, then you need to understand how to influence people. And the media is a huge part of that. Um, so yeah, ended up in PR. And we were working together at Albion Drive, um, and one of our clients uh, was Nominet Trust, which is the UK's largest tech for good funder. And that's where I first came across this nascent but fast-growing field of tech for good. And that was a fantastic client to work on because it's a brilliant organisation. They fund a lot of uh, early-stage tech for good enterprises. They also have an awesome list every single year, which I'm going to plug very briefly now. Oh, and I'm glad you are, because if you weren't going to, I was going to mention it. So. Uh -huh, yeah, we both love this one. It's the NT100, which is Nominate Trust 100, which is the 100 most inspiring examples of tech for good from around the world. And it's currently open for public nominations, so they're crowdsourcing applications. The deadline closes at the end of September, so if you know any brilliant people doing amazing things with tech, yeah. do submit them. The website is socialtech.org.uk, and uh, yeah, there's, that's also an incredible database of all the world's great tech for good. So if you want any inspiration on the sorts of things that make it on the list, then have a look there. So we're gonna go, I'm going to take us on a slight tangent now, because while we're on the NT100, yeah. so Ellie and I worked on this uh, particular initiative, Normal Trust, well, you did it three times, right? Mm -hmm. You did it three times? I did it twice before I left. Yeah, it's now in its fourth year. Yeah, yeah. oh God, that makes me feel <laughs> old and weird. <laughs> but looking back at the NT100 and all of those examples that came up from around the world, 
Mm -hmm. What were your favourites? Because Ellie, mm. like I said, with all of this enthusiasm, we would you would come across projects and you'd be like, this is so cool! Yeah. And just go straight <laughs> into how the tech works. Um, <laughs> so what's the you know standout ones that you can remember from the last four years? So I guess some of the standout ones are the ones that are using really cool cutting-edge tech, but for good. Yeah. So something like drone technology. Drones get a very bad press, but they're being used as conservation monitors in parts of the Amazon, for example, which I think is amazingly cool. You can fly a drone over swathes of the rainforest, monitor if there's any illegal logging, report back to the authorities that can then do something about it. Another one is VR. So VR is being used in storytelling to fantastic effect by a company called Verse, which is VRSE, um, and they do things like uh, they'll immerse you in the world of a refugee camp in Syria, and that really creates a whole new level of empathy yeah. with that situation. So that's really, really cool. But it could even be like quite quite simple challenges in a way. So there was one, um, I can't remember if you were around for this one, but it was last year, uh, which was an incontinence um, monitor for people who really have this quite embarrassing and humiliating problem of, um, of incontinence, but they've got no way currently, the tech um, has just not caught up with the healthcare system, in a sense, uh, for monitoring it and being able to control it themselves. And this is just a really simple device uh, that can go onto their um, ostomy bag and just alert them when it needs changing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a very simple solution. Yeah. I'm not sure actually if incontinence is quite the right word there, but it's the it's the problem where people need ostomy bags. And that you need to change it when you don't know exactly. necessarily whether it's... Yeah, um, so, I mean, it's, it's not always sexy, it's not always glamorous, but if that's improving lives, which that clearly is, yeah. and it's empowering people, it's giving them the sense of agency, which is one of the things tech is really good for. Um, what were your favourites? Put you on the spot. Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot now. Okay, so you'll remember the names a lot better than I can, but I, I really, really love the, is it the 13-year-old boy who came up with a Braille reading device, but he built it using Lego. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. awesome. <laughs> like, from a storytelling perspective as yeah. well, you're like, how many boxes can you tick? This yeah. is awesome. So that was definitely a firm favourite. There's one which I think is featured on the list mm -hmm. and actually was uh, that we got them involved in an event that Geek Girl held in January and that's a company called Andiamo. Oh, they're amazing. They're involved in an event that I'm uh, co-hosting actually later yeah. in September. So you have to, okay, so if you're doing an event with them, you plug them because they're the most amazing couple. Oh, no, you go for it. Oh, okay. You, you okay. hosted them. <laughs> so so Andiamo has found a way to effectively 3D print prosthetics. Right? It's orthotics. orthotics. So it's the yeah. braces for kids yeah um but the but the problem is is that with kids and the orthotics mm -hmm. you typically going through something like the nhs could go weeks and weeks and weeks of going through the development of the orthotic then having it fitted then realizing it's not quite right then having to get it refitted again and, and, and the by the time the kids grow it's growing. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so so andy almost found a way to make the process much 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 uh, shorter, they're using, I think it's 3D printing 3D technology. printing and scanning, yeah. Yeah, and the orthotics themselves are actually incredibly light mm -hmm. in comparison to anything else that you would have. And uh, when um, when they spoke at a Geek Girl event, they featured this video of oh, this girl are amazing. who put on these orthotics for the first time and then she just was walking around easily mm. in comparison to any other way that she would be walking in. You can literally imagine everyone in the Geek Girl audience was like, oh my god, it's really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> but it's incredible, right? And mm. again, it's such a good uh, good example of 
kind of cutting edge. I mean, 3D printing isn't even mm. really like cutting edge right now, right? A couple of years ago that we were all like, oh my God, 3D printing. Mm. But it's showing how that technology is making a serious impact on the life of someone. Absolutely. And a similar one that is prosthetics is uh, that's 3D printed. It's Open Bionics. Yes. Do you remember them? Yes. Yeah. No, they were also awesome because they also did the Iron Man Style, yeah. So for kids um, that have uh, maybe have lost an arm or um, just need some uh, prosthetic limbs made, especially for arms, actually, I think that's their focus point. They do these really cool, like superhero arms, or uh, I think there's a frozen one um, if you want to have a nice glittery arm and be a princess for a day. So it just destigmatizes a lot of that and makes it seem like you've got a superpower rather than something that you should try and be hiding away, which is fantastic. It's yeah. really um, about changing attitudes as much as it is about solving a particular problem. Yeah, exactly. And they did that, they did the stunt with Robert Downey Jr., didn't they? Oh, I, I think, think I might have missed I that one. I think they did. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll have to double check this, but I think there is a video of Robert Downey Jr. basically delivering an arm. Aww. And he's come as Iron Man. He's, as, he's going awesome. as Tony Stark. That's it, very, you know, like that makes it's fantastic for the company, but for that kid, can you imagine? Oh my god, I'm Iron Man! Yeah, <laughs> they're not gonna forget that in a hurry. No, I would love that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd Me love too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we could probably go on about other examples of social good for a very long time because there's so, but there's so many, absolutely, and there's more coming out all the time. And I think what's great is that when people find a problem in their own lives, so for example, with Andiamo, that was because their son. Had went through that whole horrific process of getting orthotics on the NHS, yeah. and they were like, "This needs solving," and that's so something we hear so much in the world of tech in general, isn't it? It's just you have someone that finds a personal problem and they think, "I'm going to just solve this thing," and I think when it's tech for good, you actually have um, so much more potential positive impact for to spread from that, which is really fantastic. Yeah. So moving on from inspiring businesses mm -hmm. that we're seeing in the social enterprise space. What about the people that have kind of stood out to you? Who's been a role model? Uh, definitely my mum. Yes. <laughs> Number one. My mum is very much a go-getter and has inspired me to just, yeah, reach for the stars, which is so important. I think it's really, I'll never, never stop being enormously grateful for having that ethos. Um, but more recently, um, I think all my current bosses are very much inspirations because they really combine uh, super smart thinking with pragmatism of actually doing the thing that they believe in, which is tremendously inspirational. And it's also hugely fun to be around because yeah. you get to bounce ideas off each other and really all be working towards a goal that you're, you're all passionately sharing, but you have some structure of how you're actually going to approach it. So it feels like almost like what we were saying before, the scientific kind of method to actually achieving goals. Um, so yeah, they're all absolutely awesome. Um, I think kind of more far away, people like Elon Musk, I think are enormously inspiring. I saw he's actually speaking at Web Summit this year, so which, yeah, I was thinking I'm going to try and get some kind of ticket to that because that would be awesome to yeah, see him live. Yeah, I might have to do one of those like fangirl things where you queue for hours ahead of the door yeah. <laughs> and then make sure that you actually get in and get a spot because that would be really interesting. Apparently he's terrible at presenting. I've seen a few videos of him where he's not the best at public speaking, but he's just so inspirational. Some of the things that come out of his mouth yeah. are, um, you just think, you're on another planet entirely. That's... And that's why you want to take this totally one. Totally visionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I guess, I mean, it doesn't even have to come from the professional sphere. I was actually um, at a festival a couple of, well, last weekend, and the lady who organizes that festival, I think, is one of the people that has most successfully built a community. Um, and I think community, I'm finding, uh, as I go through my 20s, I find that community and friends and family is one of the most important things. And actually so valuable and so undervalued, especially when you're a bit younger. Um, and she's just done this really well of creating a festival where people of all ages and all different types of people are totally welcome. I was chatting to someone who was in their 70s and then there's loads of kids running around. And, and I guess a lot of festivals meant to achieve this, but it was, it just kind of reminded me that actually people achieve this in all sorts of different ways. And if you can pull that off and everyone's having a great time together, mixing from totally different backgrounds, then that's great. Well done you. <laughs> so which festival was this? This was Whirly Fair. Ah, I thought it might be a Whirly related one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if anyone doesn't know, a Whirly gig is, the, in my opinion, the best club night in London. It's once a month. It's at the Camden Centre. And I'm slightly biased because my uncle's done the sound there for the last 35 years. But it's London's longest running club night. And it's a, a great mix of music. Uh, for anything that you can dance to, basically, whether it's kind of swing or drum and bass, everything in between. Um, it's very colourful, very diverse. So, yeah. yeah. Check it out. Okay. There's okay. another plug. Sorry, I didn't mean to be plugging oh, no. so many you're, things you're on your allowed to, You're allowed to plug many, many things. <laughs> so going back to the inspiring people, because you were talking about the people that you work with, and obviously I know who one of them is because we used to work with her together, mm -hmm. and that's Annika Small, Yeah. who is definitely an inspiration. She's mm -hmm. amazing and one of the nicest, loveliest, warmest people around. Yeah. But yeah, what's it like to work closely with Annika now? Now, because <laughs> it's, you know, it's that different relationship, right? Because we both previously worked with her as mm. a client and now you get like, to work with her all the time. Well, I think actually what's almost one of the most amazing things about a cast, and I think it's partly because we're a very small team, is that there's so much uh, respect among all team members for each other. And so it's not only really, um, yeah, really interesting to just have a chat and talk through things and plan what next stage of cast we're gonna be working on together, but it's just, it's fantastic how much my opinion is valued as much, which I, I'm still kind of getting over in some ways because I have so much respect for those guys. I think they do an incredible job and they've been doing it for so many years in the sector sort of leading the way they've all got great senses of humor as well <laughs> it's really really fun Annika's absolutely fantastic and also likes a festival so <laughs> we can bond on that that's good, that's good. and um, she's talking now think about it, she, she is so if anyone wants to see her in action um she's incredibly powerful in a very kind of quietly persuasive way yeah so we had a launch event back in June and her opening speech was just absolutely amazing it really kind of yeah knocked uh, everybody's socks off I think and yeah it's it's a very interesting way of conveying really important information that is it's, it's not all singing and dancing but if you want to see her next to someone who's almost the polar opposite, actually, which is Mike Butcher. Um, they're going to be on a stage together at Think About the Three Beards event uh, in October. So they'll be talking about tech for good and how people can actually get involved, what's out there already. So if you haven't bought a ticket for that yet, maybe have a think. Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's one of these events which is doing a lot of uh, inspiring things to talk about the things in startup that we don't typically talk about. Yeah. 
which is really nice actually yeah I think that needs to happen more. yeah so addressing failure addressing mental health mm. uh future of financing or VC yeah um yeah lots and lots of stuff going on at this event so uh, you've got a full geek girl endorsed plug go and check out and um, think about which I think is thinkabout.io okay so moving on from awesome people you are very good at reading Oh, I've seen it. you look at lines <laughs> of texts before you can read. Um, but, you know, the, kind of on the, the, the reading or, or listening, what are you turning to to get inspiration if it's not a person? So I think the most important thing when there's so much information out there is well-curated lists of articles. So at the moment, especially when there's so much going on in the world, it's very hard to know what on earth to start, where on earth to start. So newsletters I find tremendously valuable. Martin Bryant's Nuzzle newsletter is absolutely fantastic for that. It contains a huge variety of sort of political news and culture and then things from tech um, and just general society. And he has a bit of a comment on each news article, which I think is really, really interesting. And I often um, find them quite insightful and I, I agree with a lot of what he says. And that's just then a really easy digest to say, okay, this is one of the things that I'm going to use to direct my reading for the day. Similarly, the Wired Awake newsletter each morning is yeah. just a nice way to scan through what's going on in tech and the wider kind of science community. I find podcasts great. I listen to podcasts a lot while I run. So that's them killing two birds with one stone, super efficient. And um, being healthy. And being healthy, yeah. <laughs> Food for the mind and the body. Um, so I, I love all sorts of podcasts, but I especially like um, quite the long ones because often I find if you're trying to read a very long article, especially online, your eyes can just be knackered after a while and it's quite hard to focus, especially after a long day of reading a lot of great articles. Yeah. Um, so something like The Guardian Long Reads is really great in podcast form and they've had some really interesting ones recently actually about tech and things like how Facebook is um, operating and changing its business model or how Uber reached the size it is. Um, and it's really, yeah, it goes into a lot of detail, um, but because it's through podcast form, it's totally digestible and you can be kind of thinking about it as it's as they're reading it out sometimes it's the author of the article that reads it out sometimes it's somebody else but yeah I recommend them okay cool I'm gonna check that out as well yeah I've not done the Guardian long reads ah there's a new recommendation yeah. hmm, I may have to give this one a go cool and the geek girl podcast oh, of course I, yeah. <laughs> though it's weird Another for me listening to that when I go for a run because it's like shut up <laughs> why why it's a bit no. much it's a bit much I, I mean I listen to most of them Two times, two, three times. Right. Through the editing process. Oh, right. So, so anymore. editing. And then if Overkill. I, you know, basically the best thing for me is to listen back to these because I learn how to do a better interview. I really hope I've improved. Well, but, that's so important though, isn't it? Like exactly. you learn throughout. Yeah. One of the things actually that I feel so excited and enthusiastic about at the moment is just how much I'm learning every space. And it's, yeah, even from whatever you end up doing like different hobbies different skills you're yeah. learning it's so exciting to be constantly learning on that note what would be a kind of a big piece of advice that you would pass along to someone in their career right um I guess yeah find the good people that you can learn from I would say my team at the moment fills me with so many new ideas every day um partly from their experience partly just because they are themselves constantly on the hunt for new ideas and new ways to do things that are constantly constantly iterating. I mean, it's one of the things we teach the charities we're working with is a kind of design sprint process, constantly iterate, test it, tweak it. Um, and that's, I think, how you 
it's the most satisfying way to go through your professional career or through life in general, really. So surround yourself with the people that you can learn great things from because it's, yeah, life is all about learning, I think. And I think people, I'm not quite sure why people like being young so much because for me, every year that goes by, I find I'm just soaking up so much more context on life and so much more exciting inspiration meeting some incredible people. Um, so yeah, like bring on old age by that time we're gonna have, <laughs> well, hopefully I've learned all sorts and maybe achieve some form of wisdom, you never know. I like, I think you're the only person I've heard say, bring on old age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is another big taboo actually in our society and it's something that, especially in startup land, is constantly rearing its head yeah. and people need to really I think shift their mindset about it because otherwise I mean you can't stop aging no so you've got to accept well, not yet. it I mean we're working on it well that's true yeah there's <laughs> definitely I'm sure Peter Thiel's got a few ideas of how he's gonna yeah be immortal. It's, it's one of those things we should definitely you know we shouldn't have the stigma around old age and I think more and more specifically like looking at what's happening in tech for good for instance in social enterprise people realize that education shouldn't be in the first 21 years of your life mm -hmm. it's an ever-evolving thing it should be throughout your life yeah and if we're living older we are living and living and living older yeah right we can have three or four different careers in Absolutely. our lives yeah and that's amazing because yeah. you can then cross-pollinate each one with the learnings from the last one mm -hmm. and you never know like I'm currently doing a lot of development work, for example, like um, our website had a few issues a couple of weeks ago and I'm the lead dev on the team now. So having to just kind of get my, get to grips with that is interesting. <laughs> it's sort of a whistle stop tour of actually becoming a proper developer. Um, but yeah, like my experience having done comms is actually really useful for that because I can immediately sort of contextualize how people receive the information, um, which may be someone who only had development training for their whole life wouldn't yeah. be able to do quite so easily. So I think it's really valuable, this switching. Yeah, exactly. One more question mm -hmm. and then I'm going to wrap up. If someone wants to get into the social tech space or is interested in learning more about tech for good and that's appealing to them for a potential career regardless of role, mm -hmm. what would the like first kind of step be, do you think, to kind of really start exploring that as a career opportunity? So I would say tech for good is so broad. It covers all sorts of different areas of tech. Um, and so probably an easy way to get a sense of it would be to come to a Tech for Good meetup. So Cast co-hosts the Tech for Good meetups with Bethel Green Ventures. There's one um, on the 13th of September at Health Foundry. Hasn't got very many tickets left, um, but if you're quick, you could jump in there. We're going to be focusing then on digital health and creative collisions, so unusual partnerships that people in Tech for Good have forged okay. to help grow their ventures, which I think is actually a really interesting one if you're looking at getting into the whole space because you'll see that it's not just about um, startups with an idea to change the world necessarily, it's about how do you collaborate with people that are already in that space doing great things and how do you upskill them with the tech knowledge on the one hand and help kind of collaborate with people that are going to help grow that idea. So Tech for Good Meetup, um, there's also just follow the Tech for Good hashtag on Twitter that's got increasingly popular, a lot of people from the US are doing that now. Some of them use uh, the digit four, which I find a little bit 90s, but... Yeah. It <laughs> but saves characters. Yeah, that's true, That's I think. the problem, when you've got 140, yeah. you're like, how can I make this smaller? <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's true. Um, so that's an, a great sort of unending source of inspiration. There's a good site called techforgood.global, um, which is really full of, uh, again, interesting stories from the Tech for Good community. They do a newsletter uh, each week, which is, or an article each week, which is Tech for Good 10, and that's different stories um, from across the world, which again, it's very interesting to see what's going on. And yeah, just uh, if you do come to a meetup, come chat to me. I'm always happy to help direct you to people that you might be interested in talking to or working with, getting a feel for the sector. There's so many absolutely awesomely smart people in this sector yeah. um, doing really fantastic things. So yeah, you'd be joining good company if you're interested. <laughs> On that note, if someone's not based in London and can't make a meetup, how can they get in touch with CAST or find out more? Right, okay, so CAST, uh, if you drop us a line at hello at wearecast.org.uk or my personal email is ellie at wearecast.org.uk. We also have just a website, which is wearecast.org.uk. I would also say, actually, there are a range of meetups in Tech for Good going on across the country, and one of the things we're really keen on is not making this London-centric because... Yeah, social problems are not just London-centric, nope. so using tech to solve them um, shouldn't be either. And so keep an eye out for Tech for Good meetups in your community. There might be some. There's a really good one in Manchester already. There's things uh, that are going down in Bournemouth and Glasgow and uh, Birmingham. There's quite a lot in Cambridge and Oxford as well. So there's probably a community there. It's just a question of bringing it all together. Yeah. And you should start a Tech for Good meetup if you haven't got one there already, I'd say. See, the most enthusiastic person I know. Start a Tech for Good meetup. <laughs> you want to learn more? Start it. Well, bring the good people together and then you'll, if they're all in the same place, you can all learn from each other the best. Exactly. <laughs> Remind me, Twitter address for you and for Cast. Twitter address is um, eg underscore hail for me. Uh, and for Cast, it's tech for good cast. Awesome. Thank you so much for no coming worries. and doing Thank the you podcast. For me. <laughs> it's always nice to interview a friend. It always feels slightly weird. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Geek Girl Meets. As per usual, if you want to stay in the loop on our conference, please head to the website geekgirlmeetup.co.uk to find out more information about the way we are wired. Uh, tickets will be on sale very, 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 very soon. I keep promising it every <laughs> week, but literally it's like it's about to happen and it's really, really, really exciting. Uh, so do go to the website to find out more. Also follow us on Twitter. We're at GGMUK. On Facebook, we're Geek Girl Meetup UK. And you can also follow me, Kathy White 10 on Twitter. And until next time, have a great week.